Welcome to season two of Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes. I am your host, Kayla Shea, and I am so happy to be here with another season for you guys. I have so many great things planned. You're going to love it. If you're returning from season one, thank you so much for your continued support. And if you're new here, thank you for joining. Um, If you don't know, Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes is a podcast that discusses mental health in the Black community through mainly my experience, but I also bring on guests to talk about theirs. And I just want to let you guys know I am not a mental health care professional. I'm not a licensed clinician, anything like that. I'm just someone sharing her experience and trying to bring awareness to this topic. If you're interested in listening and being a part of this community, I suggest you subscribe to this podcast, follow this podcast, depending on where you're listening, and follow me on my podcast social media. It's called Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes on both Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, it's me, Kayla Shea. Before we get into this episode, I just want to do a quick advertisement because I got my first affiliate partner. I am so excited about it. Um, um, yeah, uh, so let me just get into it. So as you guys know, I did an episode um, about narcissistic abuse with Joy Larkin. She is a life coach and her website is so awesome, you guys. You got to check it out. It's called Live Narc free.com l-i-v-e-n-a-r-c-f-r-e-e dot c-o-m you guys got to check her out she has a coaching program she has readings um she does video sessions she does a lot of stuff and you guys should check her out most definitely do me a favor and send her an email it's on her website uh, if you purchase anything from her, send her an email and let her know that you came from me. I'll really appreciate it. Um, and you don't have to get anything, but you should most definitely check her website out anyway, just to see what she's about, just to read a little bit about her and, uh, see her story. And yeah, that's about it. I'm not going to hold you guys for long. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the episode you're about to hear. Thank you. I can't really hear you. Your sound is really messed up. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, awesome. So um, the way this is going to go is I'm going to start it off um, with the introduction. And then we're pretty much just going to follow the guide that I gave you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be pretty straightforward and to the point. There aren't really any rules, just no cursing and no mentioning like anything illegal like marijuana, because I am trying to get monetized. And so I don't want to like mess with that. Oh, no, I understand. I got you. And yeah, that's about it. So do you have any questions? Um, No, I'm just like really excited. I've been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. I'm really excited too. I love doing interviews. Um, I love hearing how people think and stuff. So it's always fun. Right. Okay. Well, we're just going to get into it. I'm going to go ahead and start us off. Okay. Welcome, to, 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Strong, Black, and Sad Sometimes. I am your host, Kayla Shea, and today I have a special guest with me. Diamond, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Diamond. I am a recent May 2020 graduate of the University of South Alabama, and now I reside in Clarksville, Tennessee. Awesome. Um, today we will be discussing grief and our experiences with it. So just moving right into it, grief is one of those things that everyone processes differently. So how would you say you process it? I feel like I process it very differently than how I did when I was younger. Because when I was younger, well, I'm still somewhat of a sensitive person, quote unquote, as people, you know, like tell me, which I used to think was a bad thing. But now I'm like, hey, I'm just emotionally intelligent and aware of my emotions. Like I feel what I feel. But now I feel like I process grief differently. I don't know if it's so much as I try to suppress it, but I just I choose to deal with it because I make sure everybody around me is good in dealing with it. And then I then choose to deal with how what I'm dealing with myself, basically. Yeah, I get that. Um, I would say I kind of don't process it. Death has never really been something that I understood on a spiritual level, I guess. So it's something that I struggle with understanding and something I struggle with accepting. I understand that the person is gone, but the thought of like, the thought of the fact that someone can be here one day and isn't here the next day, that really messes with my brain. And so for me, I usually keep all of my emotions bottled up inside because I don't know how to process them. And then eventually they come out in some form of another. But I'm really hoping that I learn to process it in a more healthy way. And that's something that I, I mean, it's one of those things you learn as you go along, but it's not something you really want to learn to do, you know? Right. No, I mean, nobody really wants to learn how to process the idea of somebody not physically being here on the earth anymore. But I will say, as I feel like as, you know, time goes on and, you know, having um, being somebody who's been in therapy for like a few years now, it does kind of take like the burden of the 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 hardness of like processing it and everything. So it definitely does kind of sort of get a little easier to do. Yeah. I can see that. So how does grief affect your overall mental state? I feel like grief affects your mental state. It can do that in like a number of ways. For me personally, when I've dealt with it, it's just kind of like I will kind of go numb. Like, you know how people say like they feel numb on the outside? My mind kind of goes to a numbness. It's like, I'm like, okay, this person's gone. And then my mind will just like, it will blank out. Like it won't really like, it won't really just, I won't like blackout or, you know, just be trying to think of other things. I literally just will think of like nothing. I'll just be in like this just total isolated state of mind. And it's like, I, I, I know what I feel. And, you know, I know that I'm sad, but my brain cannot connect with my emotions in order to process, in order for me to cry or yell, do whatever I have to do to process it. And, it just kind of, it creates this like numbness, like space for me sometimes when it comes to processing my mental health, when it comes to uh, dealing with grief. So, I mean, it definitely depends on the situation, you know, but I feel like overall, the first state of mind that I get to is kind of like that numb kind of like generalized blank space where I'm just like, okay, 
I don't know what else to feel. I, I don't know what to think right now. So I'm just not going to think anything. I'm just going to let whatever flow happen to flow at that time. And, you know, if I cry, I cry. If I don't, I just got to let whatever's going to feel, whatever's going to happen when my emotions just happen, basically. Yeah, I can get that. I go numb too, mainly because, like I said, I don't really know how to process it. And so I kind of just turn off my emotions in a way so that I'm not going to explode with sadness in a random location. Like, I don't ever want to start bust out crying like in class or something. So I really go numb and try to focus on, I compartmentalize. I focus on what I need to focus on at that point in time. Because I don't want to ever be in a situation where I'm showing too much emotion at a place where it's not appropriate to show that much emotion, you know? Yeah, which I've been plenty of times like my the semester that COVID hit South, it was my last semester and I was like dealing with a breakup. So I was grieving over my relationship and like I was just in the student center in line at Panda Express about to boohoo cry. And I'm like, I need to get to a place where people cannot see me. And I was texting my friends like, y'all, I feel like I'm just going to bust out crying. And like my best friend, she calls me. She's like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? I'm like, no, I'm not okay. Like so much is happening. But I definitely feel that like I've been that person to where it's like, I'm about to bust out crying right now in the Panda Express line. Or I've literally been just walking or on the jack train or something, just been like, I really want to cry real tears right now, but I am in front of people and they will not know what to do and they will look at me crazy. Yeah, totally. It's it's hard. Um, have you ever dealt with grief in college? And if so, how did it impact your academic performance? Yes. So um, in 2019, uh, a little bit after my birthday in April, my grandfather passed away and he passed away, I want to say maybe two weeks or so before finals, or I know like he passed away, right? I know he passed away right before finals and having to deal with that. Like I've had deaths occur while being in school, but that was my first immediate death. And I couldn't even really process it, process it because I was more concerned with my mom, my sister, my brother, you know, how everybody else was dealing with it because I'm in school. So I was just kind of like, okay, I don't have time to really, to really process this right now. Cause I actually found out he passed away, like right before I was going to one of my classes and I ran into my profession in the hallway, explaining them the situation. They were like, no, go be with your family. And I was just like, you know, thank you. And I cried initially, but then like dealing with it as like the days went on and having to really focus on final exams and everything, that was tough because I honestly don't even remember how I was able to even focus on studying. I just remember after the term was over and I got my grades back, I had like A's and B's and I think I made the Dean's list that semester. And I was just shocked because I'm like, I honestly don't remember even being able to focus on school. I just remember I was literally just like doing assignments and just kind of floating through because it's hard to process a close death like that. Like, you know, I've had great aunts or uncles pass away, but having a grandparent pass away, like somebody that you were so used to seeing so frequently and everything, it's tough. And, you know, for anybody out there who's gone through that, I definitely feel you. I know where you're coming from. It's hard to process grief and try to do school because it is something that you kind of just feel like, how am I supposed to continue on when I've just lost a piece of me? You know, like I've lost yeah. a piece of 
somebody who was like shaped me into the person I am. And, you know, to people out there, you know, who have like lost somebody close, I will say it's definitely hard and you definitely going to feel like quitting or just stopping. And I will say I've had that moment. Like when I was dealing with that, I wanted to be like, oh, well, just forget school right now. Like I can't focus. But I knew at the end of the day, I still had to finish because I was right there at the end of the semester. And I didn't want to just give up because I've been working so hard that semester anyway. And what gave me the push was my granddad always told me that, you know, he wanted me to finish school, get my degree. And I just kept that in the back of my head. Like, okay, he would want me to finish and I'm going to finish this semester so I can go on and finish school and get my degree. And that was just kind of like me. So, you know, I feel like other people, if you can find just a little motivation for yourself, hold on to that because, that's really important. You know what I'm saying? Because even, you know, just dealing with day to day stuff and then having to deal with grief happen on top of that, you have to find like just a small piece of motivation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely. Um, It sounds like you kind of went on autopilot when that happened because you were able to finish Um, that semester so successfully it's almost like you kind of went on autopilot and just did what you had to do in order to in order to survive basically and that's something that I think we all kind of do or we all try to do at least is just do what we got to do in order to survive even though we're going through the worst thing possible I haven't had to grieve a close death like that in college I did have some deaths in my family but it wasn't anyone that I was like super, super close with. But I did in high school have to grieve some close deaths. And I kind of, I did well those semesters, but it was kind of like, like you, I went into autopilot when it came to academics because I was so hurt and distraught, but I had to focus on what I had to focus on in order to make those people proud. So it was interesting how, sometimes academically we can still be afloat we can still be okay but emotionally we're going through it yeah and you know I feel like a lot of people they don't get that and it's like people they forget that college is a whole different realm of you know emotions and like in taking control or taking over like your mental state at that point. Like when you reach a certain point in college, I want to say maybe after like that sophomore year, that's when, you know, your workload gets busier. You start having more assignments or, you know, tests that are worth more. So, you know, the stakes get higher as you go. So being where I was at that point, I was definitely just like, I know I have to do what I have to do, but right now I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I can't process anything right now. Like, I honestly, like I said, I honestly don't even know how I was able to be able to go on autopilot, as you said, and just continue on. Because honestly, mentally, I checked out. I was like, I know I'm here. I know I'm going to class right now. But mentally, I'm not, I'm not absorbing anything. I'm not taking anything in. I'm not even thinking about this class right now. I just know it's kind of like, a muscle memory how people you know they they say they drive and they're like I don't even know how I got here I just know like I just knew I was on my way home kind of thing and I feel like that's what it was for me because I'm like okay I've been going to class every day I I know I got to do assignments every day kind of and that's just really what it was because mentally I was not there mentally I'm just like no like I, I can't focus I can't do anything like my mind is just not even on this planet right now let alone in school yeah 
So since you were so like checked out mentally and emotionally, how did grief impact your social life? At that time, I really just stuck to my best friend at that time because um, I had, you know, of course, other like friends and, you know, other like really good friends. And, you know, I had people wanting to be there, but I was just really clinging to my best friend and the person I was dating at that time because those were the only two people who really saw me like. I remember the day I found out, you know, my granddad passed, I text my best friend immediately. And like, I think she had to work or she was on her way to work or class. And, you know, she couldn't really talk to me, but she was texting me throughout the day until she saw me later on at night. And then the um, person I was dating, they were like trying to make sure I was eating, trying to make sure, cause I didn't want to do anything. Like when I tell you, I didn't want to do anything. Like I didn't eat that morning. All I literally had was like maybe some coffee from Starbucks. And I went to class cause I had an exam or something. And they were like making sure I ate. They're like, you need to eat. I'm like, I don't want to eat anything. They're like, no, you need to eat. You need to not like, you know, starve yourself, not to do anything. It was like, and then they were just kind of like, I know you're sad, but you know, you can't neglect yourself because that's not going to be good for you either. And really it was just kind of like my best friend really did hold me down though, because I, I just remember like when I did see her, I ended up just like, you know, crying on her shoulder and like because she's been there through everything through my college journey and Mm -hmm. I just like that was that was the one person I was just like yo I need you like I I'm not gonna be able to function right now and she understood that you know she was just there for me like she let me cry when I needed to and she just you know she's kind of upheld me trying to get the word out she upheld Mm -hmm. me and like you know she understood she was just kind of like you know you know, cry when you need to, feel what you need to feel, and, you know, just don't hold it in. Don't feel like you got to be strong right now. Because I felt like I had to be strong around my family because I wanted to make sure they were okay. Because I'm used to, I feel like since I was going to therapy, I was used to handling my emotions. But when it came to dealing with other people's emotions like that, I was just like, okay, I have to, you know, be there for them. But myself, I put myself last because I was like, I know how to deal with myself. I know how to deal with what I feel. But other people may not know how to function right now when they're dealing with sadness like this. So let me make sure they're okay, and then I'll deal with me. And that can be a good thing and a bad thing sometimes. Because sometimes if you put yourself last, you know, you can end up neglecting your health, your mental health, all this, your physical health, like everything. But, you know, sometimes it's good to be that strong person because sometimes other people really need that. So I do take pride in the fact that I am emotionally stronger than what I used to be. And I'm able to be there for other people. And I'm able to do that and still be able to, you know, be there for myself and not make sure I don't neglect how I feel, make sure I process how I feel and things now, more importantly now than ever with my mental health. Most definitely. Most definitely. And I commend you for your strength. I'm I'm really happy for you because I know how hard it is to really be, emotionally intelligent and to be strong really I know how hard that is so you know bravo to you because that's tough um so what are some things that will make the grieving process easier for you um I will say what gets me through my grieving process is I one I try to well, it's it's very much like very easier said than done, but I try not to 
like watch sad things or anything with death in it really that I know is going to trigger something for me. You know what I'm saying? Even if I've seen the movie a million times, it's just like I could see it that day. And like, you know, two days ago, somebody passed away and I'll just boohoo cry and like go into like this, this moment. But for me, it's like, I try to find the joys and other things. Like I will either listen to like, I'm a Beyonce stan, by the way, proud member of the Beehive. I will listen to either my favorite Beyonce album and just have that blast in, like, you know, just get my spirits up. I will go um, on Hulu or Netflix and just find like a cartoon or something to watch, like something that I know is not going to bring my spirit down to a low level and something that will keep me kind of afloat. And honestly, as cliche as it is, some days I would just really have to pray my way through. And I know like, you know, everybody doesn't have the same religious beliefs and, you know, that's totally fine. Whatever you believe, you know, that's, that's your business. You know what I'm saying? But for me personally, that's just really what got me through. Like I, I would be remiss if I just didn't thank God for allowing me to get through that point and like helping me get through because honestly it was days when I couldn't even talk about what I was feeling all I could do was just cry and, and or pray or just sometimes just have those silent tears coming out and I'm just thinking in my head like Lord I know you can hear my heart right now you can see I am I'm broken I I'm sad like I just need something I need I need you to just let me know that you know you're here with me let me know that I'm not by myself in this and it's also good to have a support system. And I, I say that to everybody that, you know, I talk to when it comes to whether you're in school, whether, you know, you're trying to do something specifically with a job or anything. People can go through life and be like, oh, I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. No, that that's crap. <laughs> like, respectfully, that's crap. Yeah. You need a support system, regardless how you may feel about things. If you can have just two people, two or three people on your side that are solid, like that's why I'm thankful for the circle I have. Like my best friend, shout out to my best friend because I love her so much. Like that's like a sister to me. We met freshman year at orientation. We have been close ever since. She has been through everything with me and I've been through her and like she's the type of person that everybody needs on their support system. Like somebody who is going to be there to listen to you won't judge you, won't sit there and, you know, try to talk to you in like cliches kind of way. Like, oh, well, you know, it's going to be okay. It's like, yeah, you could say that, but you need somebody who's just going to let you feel what you feel, you know? And also just kind of be like, hey, you know, you're going to get through it. You And then, you know, not just like, I guess I want to say sugarcoated because people love to say it's going to be okay. Like, you know, you strong. It's like sometimes people don't want to hear that they're strong because sometimes people have been too strong And that's why they're breaking down now. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I feel like a support system, you need like those two or three people that, you know, you can hit up and be like, hey, I'm dealing with this. Or can y'all just send up some good vibes, send a prayer up for me for this because I'm trying to do this. And a support system, that's really a great thing to have. And I'm just so blessed and thankful that I have a strong support system in my life because I wouldn't know where I would be without them them and you know shout out to god of course but you know like it's just good to have people who can just be there for you when you can't be there for yourself or you can't motivate yourself most definitely most definitely and that kind of leads into the next question which was do you have any tips for someone trying to process their grief right now to the person out there that's trying to process their grief just know like you're not alone in what you feel And I know it's very cliche to say that, but just know that, you know, 
it's okay to feel what you feel. You're going to go through so many different emotions while grieving. You're going to be sad. You're going to think about the happy times. You're going to be angry because you don't understand why this person had to leave. But understand this, and I really, I, I hope and pray that it touches somebody, that you can feel how you feel, and it's okay to feel what you feel. And nobody can tell you how to process your grief. Granted, I will say it's best to try and process it in healthy ways, you know, but however you're going to process it, process it. Don't try to hold back. Don't try to suppress how you feel. If you feel like you're going to cry, as long as you ain't in front of a crowd full of people, go ahead and cry. You don't have to be strong when it comes to grief. You need to be able to break down those emotional walls and feel what you feel because at the end of the day, that's what's going to help you get through it. You can't just sit there and think, oh, I'm just going to suppress it and I'm going to be okay. It's like, that's good for maybe about two seconds. But when you're alone in a room or you're by yourself somewhere or in your car or somewhere, it's going to hit you. And it's going to hit you because you haven't allowed yourself to feel it through. So if you're out there right now and you're going and you're going through something, you're grieving through something, grieve through it, you know, feel through it. Don't ever feel like you have to suppress your emotions or high how you feel about it because at the end of the day that's helping you get through it that is your strategy that's what is going to keep you mentally in order to go through day to day and that's really what the grieving process is it's literally going day by day so to everybody out there that's going through that who's grieving take it one day at a time and allow yourself to feel through your emotions and don't try to suppress them feel through your emotions and that's really going to help you through most definitely I would also say if you believe in prayer to pray for peace and to pray for healing, because those are some very strong prayers and God will listen to you and God will deliver if that's what you believe. If you don't believe in doing that, you could talk to the person who passed. Um, You could tell them how you feel about losing them. And if you don't believe in talking to the dead or praying to the dead or whatever you want to call it, you could write a letter that you would give to them if they were still alive or you could journal your feelings you could what I'm basically trying to get at is express how you feel about losing this person right whether it's written whether it's verbally you want to make sure that you express that because you don't want to leave all of that inside you might even be angry at the person for leaving you you may be like you know how could you leave me I need you Mm -hmm. I needed you you know you might have to be angry at them you might want to laugh with them express what you need to express so that you can move on eventually it's going to take a long time but you will be able to move on you'll wake up one day and it won't be the first thing you think about so I would say express those feelings because that's really important most definitely I definitely agree with that because I mean like you said like you you have to you have to process that like you have to go through this like it's I wish grief was one of those things that we could just kind of fast forward through and just put a, hit a button and not have to feel it but you know it's part of the human process like it's it's part of life honestly and it's, as the old folks would say like as as sure as sure as you're born like you know we all have to go someday and we may not understand it but yeah I definitely agree with praying for peace and praying for understanding most definitely because those definitely those prayers hit like they they really do most definitely and you know that's um I don't know that's something that's really important to me just making sure you pray to God to what you need Mm -hmm. for what you need because 
he will listen. Praying for peace. I've done that before. I've gotten on my knees and cried and prayed for peace because I, it wasn't a person that I lost, but I lost something important to me. And I really had to pray to God about it because I was at my wit's end. I didn't know what to do. I was so lost. I was so hurt. I was devastated about what had happened to me. And God really, God really came through because this was a situation I never thought I was going to heal from. And I ended up, I mean, it's something I barely care about now. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I never thought I would move on from. And I did. Most definitely. Like, though, that's true. Like, <laughs> I agree with everything you just said, because it, it, it definitely is true. Like, sometimes you have to have those moments of just praying out, crying out, like, God, like, please, like, hear me, like, give me something, give me some understanding, give me, give me some peace in my soul right now. And I definitely have been there. I've had to pray my way you know you have to pray away through different things I've had to pray my way through heartbreak like a couple of times like God please just get me through this like get me through me getting hurt right now and, and like let me just get on the other side of this pain and like once you look back on it you're like oh I was upset I was real deal upset about that and I I was upset to the point I had to pray my way through and it was just like okay I ain't gonna I was like you know I ain't gonna get to that point again where I gotta you know, crowd and pray over about somebody hurting me and they didn't care that they hurt me type situation. But, you know, conversation for another day. We're talking about this. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but that's everything I wanted to touch on today. I know this topic is pretty heavy, but I think it's important because it's something everyone is going to experience in life and especially college students because we're getting older and some of the elders in our family are also getting older. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. common for college students to experience lo loss. So I, I wanted to really touch on this. And thanks to everyone for tuning in on this episode. And thank you, Diamond, for joining me. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Um... Well, thank you for having me, Kayla Shay. Like, I really appreciate being on here because I am just an advocate of, you know, talking about mental health in, in the Black community and also just touching on mental health as a whole because I'm an advocate for it. And I have a blog. I haven't really written that many pieces, but I have a blog. It's called Flawed and Fabulous. And it's just basically talking about just real things that I've gone through or situations I've dealt with and I feel like other people could relate to. But you know, just, just going to put that in. It's on WordPress, you know, for anybody who just want to go out there and search it, it's on WordPress. So, you know, you can find it that way, but I'm just so thankful to have been on here and I love the podcast. Y'all make sure y'all subscribe to Sean Black and Sad sometimes because it's the truth and it be hidden. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. And everyone, please make sure you go uh, check out her blog. I'm sure it's going to be great. I need to go ahead and check it out as well and bookmark it so I can read um, because I love reading people's blogs. Um, and today's call to action is to take note of your mental health resources and figure out who you can talk to if you ever need it. And that wraps up the, this episode. Um, as always, have a great week, you guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, that went great. <laughs> I was low-key so nervous. <laughs> but it was so, it was so, it was just like having like a regular conversation like this was so great like I I really enjoyed this yes I'm glad you did um you're always welcome to come back I'm pretty much full for season two but there will be a season three so whenever you want to come back just let me know awesome well thank you so much for having me and it's gonna be so weird to hear myself on a recording <laughs> so I'm gonna be looking yeah. forward to that but thank you so much and I hope you have a great day
You too, girl. Bye. Bye.